0: Well, uh, back when our older two kids, uh, Brian and Daniel, when they were younger, in their younger years, we at one point took them to their first trip to Yankee Stadium. And uh, our family is a Yankee family. We're Yankee fans. And, and back then, we would watch every game on TV, and the, the little guys used to uh, imitate the batting stances of every Yankee player. They were so good at it. Uh, they could get all the different nuances, and their favorite was Gary Sheffield. If you remember him, he was the guy who had the bat, and he just never stopped shaking it, and so they, they love that. But so they were looking forward to finally going uh, to Yankee Stadium and seeing a live game, and they'd been saving up their allowance money because they wanted to buy a souvenir. They heard about the souvenirs that you could buy there, and they saved up their allowance, and, and in true childlike fashion, they... They waited in line. They saw what they wanted. And in this case, it was one of those miniature souvenir Yankee bats. You know, those little ones are about this big. And um, they got up to the counter, and they spilled their entire pile of coins all over the counter <laughs> and started counting it up slowly. Uh, but what they found is that they were coming up short. They, they didn't have enough cash for the bat, so they they wrestled through this and they made the decision, they've got to pick out something that costs less. And, and they kind of settled on a Yankee banner instead. That was within their budget. And, and as this is all playing out, there's a line of people behind them and, and they saw what was happening. And, and this conversation broke out between two people on the line. And so with my best Bronx accent, it sounded something like this. Hey, is the kid getting the bat? No, the kid's getting the banner. Why isn't the kid getting the bat? The kid can't get the bat. He doesn't have enough money. The kid's getting the banner. No, the kid's getting the bat. Didn't you hear me? The kid doesn't have enough money for the bat. The kid's getting the bat. I'm paying. And that's actually what happened. Um, This total stranger, someone they never knew, stepped in and uh, bought the bat for them. And so, uh, you know, people say... New Yorkers are rude. It's not true. You got to get to know us. We're a little rough around the edges. It's true. Uh, but kindness was alive and well, at least that day in the Bronx. Um, so that, that story kind of sets up the subject of what we're looking at this morning, uh, which is kindness. We've, we've been making our way this summer through uh, the famous love chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, And uh, we're we're, we're camping out on a different um, attribute of love each week. So just to review, I'm going to read just a little bit of it for you. It says this in 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So these are like the, the essential ingredients that, that get baked into loving relationships. And, and so we're diving into a different one each week and this morning we're looking at what is at least in my estimation one of the more overlooked and underappreciated attributes. It's, it's this quality of kindness ah, that love is kind and so we got to explore that what does that actually mean what, what does it mean to be kind on a relational level and why does it matter and and where do you get the strength to express that kind of kindness and uh so so we're going to we're going to dive in this morning what i found out is that there's a whole lot more to kindness um than i assumed and so as we jump in, I want to unpack what kindness is, but first of all, by, by clarifying uh, what kindness is not. So, so first of all, um, kindness is not just a matter of being polite, right? Don't confuse politeness with kindness. Being polite is about using proper manners, right, that conform to a specific set of cultural norms and expectations. And so, you know, you say the right words, please, and, and thank you, and excuse me, and you know, of course, those are good things. We want to do our best to, to be polite, but, but kindness, uh, it comes from a different place than, than politeness because you probably know this. You can say the right words and be polite in a very indifferent, superficial way, right? I, I think we've all done it. At one point or the other, would you please pass the catch-up, <laughs> right? There's... Polite, but it's not very kind. But uh, kindness can't be fake. That's just not how it works. It, it's always gonna, it's gonna come from the heart. It's an attitude of the heart that expresses itself through loving action. So, so, so kindness is is different from politeness, and it's also different from just being nice. Uh, don't confuse kindness with being nice. Like. For example, when the kids start acting up in the room next door and the volume, you hear it. It's increasing. The level's going up because one guy's not sharing their Legos with the other, right? Um, And things are starting to get out of hand and then the adult on the premises will pop into the room and say something like this, hey kids, play nice. Play nice, right? And, And every child learns early on how to interpret that phrase play nice. It means basically this, do not inflict any bodily harm on each other, right? There better not be blood. I do not want to take a trip to the hospital. Um, Now, there's an adult version to that as well, which is basically be civil. Same thing as play nice. Don't do anything that's going to land you in jail. And again, these are, these are good things. It's good advice that you want to follow, but, but let's not confuse kindness with being nice or being civil because kindness comes from genuinely caring about another person. Um, there's a lot of other things that kindness can get confused for or mistaken for, like, like saying yes to someone about something that you know in your mind you have zero intention of actually following up on and doing. You don't want to hurt their feelings, so you try to be nice by saying, oh, sure, even though you know that you are ultimately are going to disappoint them. So there's there's nothing kind about saying yes when you mean no. Uh, kindness is beyond the words we say. It's about what we actually follow up with and do. Um, so one more, not to confuse uh, kindness with, is, is weakness, and I think this is one that Often happens, you know, some people will see kindness as what you do only when you've run out of every other option. Like when all the alternatives of how you can respond have been exhausted, but someone else has the upper hand on you and you just have no choice. So you've got to be kind. It's almost like you're giving in. But in the back of of your mind, you're thinking, you know that if things were different, and if, if you weren't dependent on that guy, you would tell him to go take a leap. But you can't do that, so be kind. That's that's not that's not kindness. Kindness cannot be coerced, it's always willingly expressed. The compulsion for kindness comes from the heart. So so if that's some of the things that kindness often gets confused for it, but is not. Let's, let's try to make sense of what it actually is. It's, it's, the, the Greek word for kindness is the word krestos, and, and it carries this specific connotation of, you could translate it as being usefully present. Usefully present. It's an interesting way to think about kindness. Usefully present. So you can think of it as this predisposition to help someone in a way that fits the particular situation that that person is in. So as an example, um, if I see you and you are working with one of those tiny plastic sand shovels and you're trying to dig a hole in your front yard to plant a tree and I come across you and I see you doing that and I know that I have in the trunk of my car a a metal spade shovel, um, that kindness would compel me to go to the car, open up the trunk, take out that shovel and come alongside and help you dig that hole and plant that tree. It's using what I've got to help you with what's going on in your life. That's just an example. This is, this is kindness. It's usefully present, being usefully present. It's walking into situations with, with the intention of being a blessing. How can I bless someone? Not, not necessarily because that person needs it, actually. Uh, or because they can do it on their own, but kindness is more a matter of, of letting someone know that they're not on their own, right? Someone else is there with them. And, and life generally is a whole lot better when, when we intentionally choose to be usefully present in each other's lives in that kind of way. Uh, it's a little bit of what kindness is like. It's not about being polite. It's not about being nice. It's not, being a, not about being civil. It's, it's simply about caring. Caring for, for each other. It's an investment in a relationship that shows someone, I'm not doing this because I'm obligated. I have to. I'm on the hook. I'm, I'm doing this because I want to. Because I value you and you're worth it to me. And so, and so what that means is that there's, there's nothing cookie cutter about it, right? The, 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 the acts of kindness we express are going to custom fit the, the person you care for and the situation that they're in. And, uh, and I think for most of us, if we were to ask what kindness is like, it's, sometimes it's hard to define, but you know when it's there, right? You can pick up on it by, by the tone in a person's voice. Uh, by the expression on their face, by the attention they pay, and, and, of course, by the things a person says and does. All that kind of gets wrapped together in this term that we, we call kindness. And this is just saying love, love is kind. And, and there's something incredibly powerful about investing kindness into a relationship. When it's there, when it's present, people feel cared for. They, they feel valued. They feel esteemed, accepted, and understood. And when it's missing, people feel rejected, neglected, disrespected, and marginalized, right? And, and so, you know, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, is there, is there any other relational ingredient that has that much impact than this Underappreciated, overlooked attribute of just just kindness. So, um, Diane mentioned to me this past week. Um, she's been looking to hire uh, an assistant for for quite some time. She had the assistant into her office in the city uh, this week, and um, and 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 this this candidate said, "I want the job." And so she was so excited. She's needed this person for a while, and uh, so. The lady actually made a point of saying, you know when I knew this was the right job for me? And this happened this past Wednesday. Some of you guys are going to freak out about this, but in, in Diane's office this past Wednesday, the, uh, it was the coach of the Manchester United soccer team was there. They were doing this presentation. It was a big deal. And so Diane's thinking it must be the soccer thing. We're not soccer fans, so that means nothing to us. Um, and there's all these other impressive things that are going on in this company that she works for. And this lady said, no, what? Happened? The, the, the moment I knew this was the right place for me is, is, is they were waiting for an elevator. And uh, this person had a little bit, Diane could read that there was a little bit of reservation about getting into a crowded elevator. And so Diane said, let's wait for the next elevator. And she said, that was it. That was the moment I knew this was the place. This was the team I wanted to be a part of. That's Just a little snapshot of the power of just kindness. Surprisingly, how powerful a dynamic it is. Maybe there's a relationship in your life that for one reason or another, you know, it's gone sideways. It is sideways right now. And you're like, how do I get this thing right again? How do I start to straighten things out? Kindness. Start there. Right, maybe, if you're wondering, is this the right time to show kindness to this person that I really have been struggling with? I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think you have to question that too long. The answer is almost always yes. Show kindness, bless that person, just go above and beyond for them and see what happens. See what happens. See, I think the reality is our world is in so many ways, it's suffering from just a simple shortage of kindness. Uh, we, we have an abundance of arrogance, right? There, there is no shortage of smugness or, or sarcasm, and we are so quick to set people straight. We, we excel at reminding people of how ridiculous their viewpoint is, Right? But how about kindness? Only find it in trace amounts. It's a rare commodity. And I think that, that gets to the challenge about this subject as we're talking about cultivating kindness. It's, it's not that we don't have any. There is kindness in our hearts, but so often we're stingy with it when it comes to showing it, giving it out to others. And, maybe we're concerned, right? Too too much kindness is going to send the wrong message. They're going to get the wrong idea. They're going to start taking advantage of me if I'm too kind to them. And so the norm in our world is to let the kindness just be at a trickle. Metered amounts to a select few and that's it. It's like we kind of draw this relational circle in our lives and 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 there's just a few people on the inside perimeter of that circle. And we say, these are the ones that I've chosen to be on the receiving end of my kindness. And if you're not inside that circle, if you're on the outside, well, I wish you the best, but you're not my concern. I don't care. Right? We're, We're selective. I'll go out of my way for you, maybe if you're in my family or if you're a close friend, but that's about it. So kindness is selective and it's also oftentimes very conditional. I will be kind to you so long as you are kind to me. But the moment that changes and you cross me, it is over and World War III has begun, right? That is that is the tendency, that's the, that's the way kindness tends to get expressed in, in our world today and it's a big part of the reason why the world is the way the world is today. It's a problem. We, we need both a higher quality and a greater quantity of kindness flowing out of our lives than what's there in the present. And, and that's the kind of kindness that this passage is, is talking about. It's what you would call next-level kindness. It's kindness without condition. It's, it's kindness that doesn't turn off or shut down. Even when someone else is being cruel to you, the kindness is constant. It keeps on going. That's, that's the kind of kindness this world needs. And it's the kind of kindness that Jesus calls his followers to, to catch a vision for. to to live out and to demonstrate in our relationships, in our world. He, He puts it this way in Luke 6. Listen to this. It says this, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that for you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But Love your enemies and do good and and lend and expect nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Some astounding, astounding paragraph right there. Jesus is calling his followers to to take part in this countercultural, transformational conspiracy of kindness, right? Do what no one else would ever choose to do voluntarily. But do you notice where the whole thing starts? What the source of this kindness is? It doesn't start with us trying to muster up the strength and do your best to be kind to each other. That's not where it starts. It's not what it's about. It starts instead with considering the kindness of your heavenly father. Understand the kindness of your God. See how kind he's been to you and then you continue and extend that same quality of kindness to those around you. See, we have a father in heaven who showers Kindness in unconditional ways. Right? He's, he's not just kind to the good guys. He's, he's just as kind to the cranky, ungrateful people who haven't done squat to deserve it. Uh, in Matthew 6, Jesus reminds us, he says this, that your heavenly Father causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's like, Look around you in your world and everywhere around you, you will see evidence of the goodness, the kindness of God. It's everywhere. Challenges to just be aware of it, to wake up to it, to, to allow our senses to be moved by it. There's so much we take for granted that we just assume that really is gift from God, right? That's I think why kindness and, and gratefulness, gratitude, they, they go hand in hand. You're going to have one with the other. God, God gives the worst person on this planet access to the same spectacular sunrise and sunset as the rest of the world. He doesn't discriminate. When the rain falls, it waters the gardens of the good just as much as it does the bad. And these are just examples, You're not ex- extent of it. We are blessed in, in so many ways that we have nothing at all to, to do with. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. It's just this simple outworking of the kindness of God, and it's pouring into our lives all the time on an ongoing basis. And so realize this, when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, right, and you are like all attitude, all day, and you're cranky, and you're miserable, but to be around. Uh, anyone have a day like that this past week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, your heavenly Father, not for a single moment, didn't stop showering His kindness on you. Do you realize that? Let, let that reality sink in. And so the point is basically saying, since since that's how your Father in heaven treats you, do the same. Extend that. Treat the people in your life that same way and don't stop. Don't turn it off because you've got to deal with a problem person, even when it comes to your enemies, your adversaries. And yes, just in case you're wondering, does that include those who hold a different political ideology than I do? Yes, it does. More kindness, less criticism, it's a good thing. This, this, this kind of kindness that God showers on us, that he calls us to extend, it's, it's not meant to be a reaction to the way that people are treating us. This is the secret of it. It's, it's meant to be a reflection of the way our Heavenly Father is with us. And so what it comes down to is, is living out our identity as a child of our Heavenly Father. Right? So it's like, like father, like child. There's a family resemblance there. He has given me his heart to see past the hurt, to see past the pain, to see past the unkindness and just love on people indiscriminately. Because like it or not, that's your story. That's my story. That is the way our Heavenly Father loves us, is what he's done and what he continues to do for us each and every moment of each and every day. And here's here's the thing, that quality of kindness, it it has the power to change things. Romans 2.4 says this, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. It's an amazing verse. Did you hear that? It's it's not the anger of God. It's not the judgment of God. It's not the fear of the Lord. Those are all realities. We We don't dismiss them. But the kindness of God is this agent of change in a way that nothing else is. It does what nothing else can And so consider the kindness of God. It it will change your life. It's it's his kindness that not only pours out blessings to us on a daily basis, it's, it's the kindness of God that fueled him to send his son, Jesus, to come into this world, to go to the cross, to die in our place, not just for the select few. None of us deserved, none of us earned Jesus to go to the cross for us. He did it out of kindness, out of mercy, out of grace, not just for you, but for each and every person you and I ever come across. He gave it all. He bore the punishment that we deserved so he could shower us with his grace and his mercy that we haven't earned and we don't deserve. And that's the ultimate act of kindness. So contemplate the kindness of God on an ongoing basis. Let that always be flowing through your life and then continue. Extend this conspiracy of kindness. Jesus started it and it continues with us up to today. We we don't show kindness as a means to an end, right? Be kind to this person because then they'll change. We don't do that. We're kind because God calls us to be kind, He empowers us to be kind. But it often does lead to change. It, it disarms. It, it opens closed hearts. It, it completely can change the temperature in a room. And it can transform situations that are in desperate need of transformation. So I can't think of a better way uh, to close this message this morning than um, just focusing our hearts on this simple reality of the kindness of God. God the compelling kindness of God that transforms our lives and leads us to change, to repentance, to turning our lives around. And so,